fans are liking it, moviegoers are liking it, critics have hated this. I don't understand. And I don't get it because I truly enjoyed myself. And there, yeah. there, are there problems to it? Yeah, there are some issues with it, but it's nowhere near awful. It's enjoyable. It gave me, who didn't know a lot about Bob Marley, aside from the caricature that we see. Sure. It gave me a really good depiction of without being too deep and without getting too much into the weeds that I was confused. Hey there, welcome to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. It's our review of One Love, the story of Bob Marley, the incredible Bob Marley. And uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been a movie about his life and uh, what an interesting but shortened life he had. We'll get into that. And we also have the big question. The big question this week is, and we want your comments right now. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and put it in the comments right now. Recently, we've seen Elvis, Priscilla, Whitney Houston, Freddie Mercury. We got Amy Winehouse on the way. Mm -hmm. And now Bob Marley. Who would you like to see a biopic made of? One Love, the story of Bob Marley, starring Kingsley Ben-Adair and Lashana Lynch. Uh, What are our initial impressions? Put simply, this is the first great film of 2024, in my opinion. Kingsley Ben-Adair is, he does the impossible, okay? Bob Marley is so respected and revered and loved and unique and Iconic. unique and he's to the point where he's almost a caricature of himself he's not really mm-hmm. like you know, you know there's certain people you definitely would put in that bucket and i wouldn't put bob marley in there my point is he's been kind of portrayed artistically so often and so much that he becomes a caricature right sure and so those people when you go to portray them in 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 an art form like this like a movie it's really easy to screw it up. And Kingsley Benadare does the impossible. He is phenomenal. So much so that even though it's just February, I fully expect him to be on my Music City Film Critics Association ballot for Best Actor come December in 10 months. It's He's so good. Strong praise. It's so amazing. So that is my initial take, is I'm focusing on the acting. Kingsley Benadare was awesome, and Lashana Lynch was Yet again, she was yes. Lashana Lynch. Yes. My goodness, she she's incredible, and we've seen so many incredible performances. Yep, from Lashana Lynch. I mean, we go back to the Woman King. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, we we did talk we plenty are about that. Big fans on of that, that show. Movie. Just uh, there's a link right there. Yep, right, yeah. right there. It's so on Netflix right now. She's great. But what I what I enjoyed about this movie the most was they stayed true to the Jamaican accent. Yes, and they weren't yeah. going to over Americanize or, or white it up to make it just easier to understand for people, they stayed more true to it, which is what needed to happen. They yes. it needed to be presented in a way that is more truly trying to depict what mm-hmm. life was like for them and how life was. And you can't do that by stripping the accent away because it's part of the culture right. for Jamaica. So I loved how they stayed true to that. And what was important to me was they just skipped a lot and went right into the most important years of Bob Marley's life. Yes. And I like that we didn't have to get so much backstory because they expected you knew a little bit of it and they wanted to get to the formative part. Right. With, yeah. with his album and with his work, when he goes to London and, and all these types of things, when he was almost killed, all those. I like that part because we didn't need every part of the backstory. We needed a segment of it that they wanted to tell. And I know some people have had a problem with that. Some people have had issues with this. And yeah, I've seen that. It's been kind of curious yep. to me. And I'm the one that always references Rotten Tomatoes, right? But this is one of those ones where I was shocked 
when I went there to see how critics have just blasted this movie completely opposite to the fan reception, right? I mean, this movie's been out for over a week now. Yep. When we're seeing this, so there's been enough people to have their input on this movie. Fans are liking it. Moviegoers are liking it. Critics have hated this. I don't understand. And I don't get it because I truly enjoyed myself. And there, yeah. there, are there problems to it? Yeah, there are some issues with it, but it's nowhere near awful. It's enjoyable. It gave me, who didn't know a lot about Bob Marley, aside from the caricature that we see, sure. still in culture and society and pop culture nowadays, a more inside look into his life, what he worked through, what he went with with relationship and everything of that sort. It gave me a really good depiction of without being too deep and without getting too much into the weeds that I was confused. And that's yeah. why I appreciated the movie so much. Well, I, I also loved the... I'm, what I'm assuming is an, a really great, authentic accent for Bob Marley. Uh, I would much more want authenticity than understandability. Like, I'll trade that mm -hmm. if you give me something that is just truer. So... I'll I'll put the, maybe I'll put the you know closed captions on when I stream it eventually. But even if I wasn't able to catch every word, which caution, you're not going to be able to. A lot of people were had a hard time understanding the dialogue in this movie, and I understand it. Yep. But it was because they did it authentically. Uh, I'm a Bob Marley fan. I came into Bob Marley, I think like a lot of people did. You had your kind of like, you know, your young, regrettable, I don't even want to tell you who I liked when I was, you know, into music early on. But then you kind of reached this mature age where all of a sudden somebody played you a Bob Marley album or something and introduced you to it. And you're going, wow, this guy is unlike anything I've ever heard in my life. Oh, wow, he did that Eric Clapton song about shooting the sheriff. Oh, that was his? <gasps> you know, like, so it's, <laughs> I think, you know, one of the reasons iconic is I think that Bob Marley's music is kind of a rite of passage that, that a lot of people go through at a certain time in their life when they can really appreciate the truly unique quality of his, of the songs that he wrote, the way he sung them, his band. Um, I really, really liked that they didn't go in a linear fashion. Like you said, I don't need to see him being born. I don't need to see him trying to get the first record contract mm -hmm. in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, they literally did drop the needle onto probably one of the better tracks of his album, if it was his life, right? So you're right into things. But that also was part of its problem. By telling his backstory later in the movie, which I like the idea, they didn't pull it off well enough that it was a little confusing. Okay. And I didn't really understand, well, okay, wait, where am I? Am I in the present day? Or is this from a couple of years ago? Or oh, wait, oh, was that kid him? Or, you know, so there, there was a little, I didn't, I liked the idea, the execution of the way they did the flashbacks and telling his story leading up to where we joined the movie, hit and miss. So would you have been more okay if they made it more known of this is a true flashback if they there was there was a cinematography choice to depict this is a true flashback or was it just you didn't like the flashbacks at all this is i'm not sure if this is an editing thing or a directing mm -hmm. thing but uh i i think uh maybe they got a little too cute for themselves you know uh i i understand but like a lot of people huge bob marley fan he died long before I ever even knew who he was. So it's not like we have a lot of information to go on. Right. So unlike all these other people, like, you know, the Whitney Houston story, she, you know, she, she lived 
a much longer life, mm-hmm. you know, or, or these other musical icons. So there's, the, the blanks are harder to fill in mm-hmm. on the Bob Marley story. So this is interesting, and this is a quote in People from Ziggy Marley, where it's like the authenticity of the Jamaican element of this is something never before seen in a Hollywood production of this size. I agree with that. This movie is a real representation of Jamaica and of Bob and of the creation of his music. We have approached this as a creative project, not an emotional thing. My emotions are beyond this. It's about showing the truth. Yeah, and I think they did. Uh, And I liked the fact that Ziggy Marley opened this movie. Uh, It gave it the credibility that it needed. And like, because you can always say like, you know, what am I seeing? Is it real? Is this this thing been washed? And I'm only getting parts of it. Like every story, maybe, right? But the person who knew him best, who is around right now, comes and tells you at the beginning, this is a movie I fully endorse and love. And and you see in the movie, too, that it's not all sunshine and, and, and roses. No, like it's not. You can tell they're trying to give some sort of element of truth because there are dark times. There are times where Bob is at his on the edge and yeah. everything, too. And, and that's where I, I'm starting to I believe more of it when it's not all, this was positive, everything was great. No, because it wasn't. Life right. isn't. Right. Nobody's life is all positive, right? Right. It shows more ups and downs, trials and tribulations. Sure. And especially with them, with his children being producers on it as well, too. Right. They do have some element in it that they want to tell the story properly. Yeah, because you could easily fall into, like, you know, he was such a spiritual guy. Like, oh, my gosh, he's like a prophet. He did no wrong. Everything was perfect. He wasn't. He was human. He had those wonderful, peaceful intentions to bring to his, you know, ravaged country with violence that he was just this breath of fresh air, but he was also real, you know? So, I mean, and that's where some of Lashonda Lynch's best scenes were when she calls him out on it Mm -hmm. as his wife, Rita, and says, you know, who are you? You you are, uh, because we all know this, you reach a certain level of fame, you start losing touch. And she was the one to bring him back. So yeah, it doesn't all, it's not all sunshine and roses. Thanks for joining us on the Untitled Film Project podcast as we talk One Love, the Bob Marley story. I think there's generations of audiences that, uh, you know, wanted to see this movie. And there, I mean, who would have thought, you know, that a Bob Marley pick would bring out teenagers, people in their 60s? I saw seniors, uh, you know, just the, the whole gamut of people. You know, I would say in my theaters, actually, mostly millennials. In there and maybe a couple of Gen yeah. Xers. I mean, I went to see it at four thirty in the afternoon on a Friday, so take that for what it is. But mm-hmm. yeah, those mostly quote unquote young people. We're not kids anymore, millennials, but still yeah. the people in their thirties, that and low forties. That speaks a lot because we were not alive, right? <laughs> when Bob was exactly. And I would say in my theater there was a lot of boomers, mm-hmm. which I was impressed by to a degree, but. The most impressive thing to me was that it was a smattering of diversity in there. Oh, yeah. So when you walk in, there's black people, there's white people. There's I brought my 11-year-old son because I thought it was important for him to see it mm-hmm. right, and show that in this world that we're and he may not understand the difference yet, <clears throat> but at least I can plant the seeds, right. right? That in this, in our current political climate where everyone is at odds with everybody over every little thing and it's like the end of the world no matter what way you slice it and sure. dice it for everybody – there are people and there were people who are fighting for unity and yes. fighting for people to find common ground. No one's going to agree with everybody. I don't agree with my wife half the time. So there's, <laughs> so it's not like everyone's going to kumbaya. Okay. But that there was somebody important through music and art who was trying to bridge the gap between the, 
two in in Jamaica, two political parties, right? Right. That is a big, big deal for me to at least plant in his mind that you can think however you want. You can think differently than me, think differently than your mom, think differently than whoever. But at the end of the day, we should all be striving for unity and peace and common ground. And for him to see that on screen in an entertaining way was mm-hmm. very important for me. Where do you think the movie soared most? Because there's different aspects to the movie. There's obviously uh, his time in Jamaica. There's him being recognized world over. Um, There's him coming up with the songs. Or you see the genesis of one of his songs as he's talking to his kids and then it turns into a song. Or was it the concert footage? What, What brought you to another level? Well... I'll say that I had some issues ahead uh, early in the movie because there was seemed to be some pretty clear, unfortunate lip syncing issues with okay. Bob's actual singing tracks, right? And then Kingsley Benadir singing to them at the concert, okay? And so for me, uh, it, w- it wasn't egregious. It was just like, okay, he's clearly lip syncing this and right. whatever, right? But then later in the movie, he's actually singing when he's just rehearsing mm-hmm. with a guitar or whatever. Yep. And from that point on, Completely accidentally to me, without any effort, I believed he was singing the rest of the way when they were using actual Bob tracks. Yeah. So I wish they could have done that earlier, shown him rehearsing earlier by himself actually singing. My mind would have made the leap and latched onto, oh, this is really him singing. I would have lost that. That, I, I had instead. I, I had I had a problem with that. I I actually uh, I I found myself enjoying all of the uh, the concert and the recording session scenes. Yes, the ver- at absolutely the most. I bought his singing from the beginning. I didn't notice the lip sync issues. Maybe it was because of the accent mm-hmm. that I just like. Okay, well, you know, this is just part of me not you know hearing this accent all the time and the way he sings. So uh, yeah, it definitely was when. I think he was he was performing in any way, whether it was like acoustically or in the studio or the concerts. I loved all the live performances. I think it was the creative process that we could see. That's mm-hmm. what I enjoyed the most, whether it's the studio sessions or even in the marketing so talk about yeah, for the album cover as well and how he yes. you know, stuck to his guns, trusted the people that he trusted as well too, and, mm-hmm. and designing that Exodus cover and just having that, the, the people that he trusted and having his inner circle and seeing the interactions there too, where things could get heated, but it's because there's respect, there's love between them as well too. And they all want this, the same thing is to spread the message as well too. Right. Um, and that's where like, they, they truly believe that this was the right album cover. And it's like, no, this is what we're going with. Even against the, the white executive, right. Who's trying to tell something different. No, this is, this is what we're going with. And would just smile it off. Like, that's the impression I get of what Bob Marley would do from any footage that I've seen is that Ben Kingsley Benadir did that so well yes. that I felt like, oh, that's Bob Marley. That's how he would react in this situation. That's how a peace-loving man uh, deals with confrontation, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? And he did it with just like, ah, we laughed it off. No, this is going to be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Speaking is- of confrontation, I, had a, I, I really appreciated the fact that they showed this peace-loving man Right. Let's like let's not use violence. Whatever. I appreciated that they showed him lashing out against his manager, who's on the take. Yes. And wanting to inflict physical harm on him because it makes it it makes him relatable. Yeah. It was his the first big betrayal. You yeah. know, because I mean, really, usually, I mean, if you talk about music stars, somebody along the way is on the take, For sure. and quite often it's their family. You know, yes. it's the people that you know Bob Marley trusted but didn't. 
succumb to the you know the greed of of ripping off the talent of the person that they know. Uh, yeah, it took a long time before somebody betrayed him in that fashion. All right, let's score one love, the Bob Marley story. You're peering over at me, so I'll start. It's the first great movie of 2024. Like I said, the performances were incredible. Also, like I said, and you may need to watch it with captions on the screen, like Jim said. Uh, that would help a lot. For example, I fought my way through it the first time, and when I took my 11-year-old son back to, you know, to go see it, he struggled less than I did, but I warned him ahead of time, hey, this is going to be a thick accent, you know, whatever. Yeah. And... The, but my parents, for example, if they went and saw it, they, I mean, I can almost guarantee they'd need to, they'd need the captions. It's, it's, it's not like another language. It's more like when you watch like uh, the Boondock Saints, something, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that Cockney accent, it's sure. hard to understand still. The Peaky Blinders yeah, effect. Peaky yeah. Blind, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, captions may be uh, necessary for you. And there are showings, by the way, that have captions on screen. So look into that. Uh my final thought here before I get my score, though, is I keep a journal for my son. Okay. When he was born, I was working at a faith-based radio show. And we heard a lot of calls about abandonment. And a lot of those abandonment issues were about, you know, like their dad was a crack addict and left. Sure. Or, you, know, you know, okay, whatever. But what I didn't realize was that abandonment also counts for innocent things. Like if you're a kid and your parents die in a car crash, but you are at grandma's house at the time or something, right? Mm-hmm. You still... Feel abandoned. You still have the abandonment issues, even right. though they didn't do anything wrong. They just get hit by a drunk driver or whatever. Sure. So my point of saying all that is I started this journal because I started thinking, okay, if I die early, because I traveled a lot for work, I hate flying and all these things. So I started thinking, well, if I die early, how can I still be there for him as best I can? Well, I'll keep a journal. One side has an inspirational quote on it. And the other side has either a story or some sort of advice based on that quote that I can I love this. Okay, so this is a gift that he will get on his high school graduation day if I don't die early. And if I do die early, I right, yeah, well, obviously. But, I was, you know, so, but if I do die early, it's, he'll get it immediately, right? Right. Okay, so all that being said is uh, when Rita and Bob are arguing in the street, which, by the way, is like a symphony. It's unreal. It's so good. Mm. Okay. Uh, she's, Rita says, when you swim in pollution, you get polluted. Yep. I immediately went home and added a page of his journal to say that. That's how powerful this movie was, is it even got me thinking to that level. Like, I want him to know this forever. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing, so good. Again, there are some issues with the lip-syncing issues. You might want to watch what the screen caption's on. But overall, it is the first great movie of 2024. I give Bob Marley, One Love, a 9. Wow. All right, Jerry. Very, very strong score for One Love. Uh, I, you know, had a few issues with it. That was part of the flashbacks were a little confusing for me. A little, I didn't mind the accent, but I realized how that could be a problem for, for many. I fear it wasn't enough to stop me from understanding the movie and what, what its important message was, which was I love that... The message was, the music is the message. The message is the music. And I, it, what this did was it filled in, you know, I, I know the music. I love the music. I kind of knew a little bit about it, but the music changed its meaning after seeing this movie and how those songs were created, what they were created for, what was their intention. So, I, you know, as a fan, I was swept away by that. 
Um, and I, I may be giving this a lower score just because I, I don't want to be a super fan, mm. right? That's fair. So I'm going to say I loved this movie, but I'm still going to give it a seven. And that I think that might be a little low, but I'm going to stick with seven on the side of caution. All right. Okay. So I probably don't have anywhere near as much to say other than that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a look because I did not know much about Bob Marley. Obviously, we've heard his songs. We've seen his image everywhere. I truly did appreciate their dedication to showing Jamaican culture mm-hmm. and to trying to do their best to portray accents properly as well because mm-hmm. obviously Kingsley Benadair is, is not Jamaican. English. <laughs> He's English. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen him in so many different projects now, and he is showing his acting chops. Same so time, good. as so well good. as Lashana Lynch. I mean, those two performances were absolutely stellar on screen, and they, especially Lashana Lynch, just grasped you whenever she was every on time. screen every She's single stealer. time. She steals scenes. And what's amazing, in a good way. Yes, what's amazing way. to me is in terms of people's thought process behind this, because over a thousand people that aren't critics have seen this, and it's a ninety-three percent. That's very strong. Like it shows yes. people truly are yeah. enjoying the film for what they've been given as well, too. So some people want more, yeah. Some people want more, and I think those might be super fans. Oh yeah, want more. You're not going to miss it. And maybe critics are look. I think some critics are looking at this overly critical in terms of they're wanting something that was not going to be given anyways. This project was okay. not meant to be given the entire life. It was meant to be given the these pivotal years. That's the entire part of this project, and from what I've seen them saying is they wanted something completely different. Like that was never going to be the case anyways. So I don't know how you're coming to that, that final conclusion, that landing of giving them such awful scores yeah. when you weren't going to get what you were wanting. You they, need, weren't, they never promised those things. They never did. Yeah. So for what it, what it is and the way it gave me such a great insight into his life, into the music, the meaning behind the music and me not knowing that he fled to London, me not knowing this, some of the stuff about Rastafarian culture, me not knowing about all those different types of things, I truly appreciated that because I came out of the movie with more knowledge. And that's what that's what I wanted, something like this is more knowledge, not just the, oh, they did a great job portraying that that person, they did a great job portraying, because that's what some people think wants. Like, they sounded like him, they looked like him. Right. But that's not the whole point of this movie. If that's all you want, go on a cruise ship right. and hear, hear a great cover. An impression yeah. or anything yeah, yeah. like that. So, that like, when you see Elvis in Vegas, right, that kind of stuff. That's not what I, what I got out of this. I got true knowledge. And for that, I give it an eight. Very good. Right. So now on the Untitled Film Project podcast, we pivot to the big question. We've seen Elvis recently. We've seen Priscilla. We've seen Whitney Houston. We have Bob Marley, One Love right here. And that got me thinking, like, there's been a lot of biopics here of artists that we haven't got a biopic from before. Yeah. So what would you, who would you like to see portrayed on the big screen? What biopic would you like to see? That's the big question for today. I think it's only appropriate that our resident movie guy who loves music and has a strong background in music, uh, working with musicians and orchestras, uh, Bradford, who do you want to see get a biopic? Not a musician. I know, you're not a musician. <laughs> Fine. Okay. I, I never, I never, you, you have a, a let's ask the industry. It's this, it's this big buildup and I'm like, not a musician. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to think a little outside the box. Yeah, with this. I didn't want to go with with a musician because we, we do see those. And usually musicians have incredible stories. I mean, there's a creative process, the reason why. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much influence on musicians as well, too, for who they are, or why, sure. who they are. But that's why I wanted to go outside the box. And my person deals with is a scientist, space travel, 
Okay. Sally Ride. Oh, Sally wow. Ride. Wow. She was the youngest astronaut and the first woman to ever go into space. Yes. And it's not just because of that. It's the how she got to that point, which is she saw she saw an article in the Stanford Daily <laughs> about how they're looking for their new group of astronauts in NASA, and she answered the ad. I mean, how unique is that to say, you know what? That's We're looking for new astronauts, and it's an advertisement. Like, looking in the classifieds. It'd be like going to Craigslist looking for astronauts nowadays. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah pretty come, much. Come and audition. Come right. and audition. It's a Reddit thread, yeah. Yes, <laughs> but I think there's... There's enough of a story there, and not saying it has to be the major motion picture release in theaters, but I'd love to learn more about her story because that is just a unique grab right there, too, to get people hooked in. Is like she answered an ad in a newspaper and became the youngest and the first female astronaut to go into space. And became one of probably one of the smallest companies of people to ever live. To yeah. leave this earth. Yeah. You know? Um, and, yeah, there's so much. And it's... And, yeah. and she was... There's it's lots great. of media attention on it, too, so how she dealt with that as well. So, obviously, there's going to be stories to tell there, too. I just think it'd be very intriguing and very unique. And I want to see more about space travel because we have we, we obviously always hear about moon landing, mm-hmm. Apollo missions. Always Apollo, Apollo, Apollo. Well, we are so far removed from space shuttle missions now that there are plenty of astronauts that did so much good work. Wait, obviously, there's there's Challenger that happened. Mm-hmm. There's there's stories that we told there. But Sally Ride, I think, has an incredible story that I'd love to see more. Excellent pick. Great answer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You definitely don't want mine because in comparison, it's going to suck. Well, so now I'm, you have to divulge it. <laughs> Here we go, Jimmy. <laughs> All right. I had a hard time because every time I started to think of who do I want to see a biopic of, uh, you know, musically or not, or historically, I kept realizing, oh, wait, no, there was a movie or there was a podcast that was really big and everybody, you know, checked it out and it was huge and it was 15 episodes. So like, okay. Uh, Then I just said, okay, who's somebody slightly more contemporary who has one moment that we all know, but the rest, we don't know very much. I'm going with Rebecca Black, the singer of Friday, Friday. This is not just for shock, because I think that she came out of one of those little factories, whether it's one guy running it or somebody who just said like, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of kids. I'm going to give them all something. I'm not sure. I know that's partly the story. Bradford just shut his computer. I, think, I believe, yeah, he's about to leave the building. Ah! And then she exploded. But when she became super popular, it was only because people were making fun of her song. Yes, yes. So, like, what happened after that? What were the repercussions? How did she recover? I hope she's good now. I, as far as I know, she is. She is now double her age. She was 13 when that came out. She's 26 now. So there's some life that happened. I don't know if a Rebecca Black movie would get anybody to want to watch it. Uh, maybe there'd be some people who would want to watch it ironically, like they like the song ironically. I kind of like the song not ironically. Coming soon on Roku Channel. No, yeah. it should be it should be released on YouTube because that's where she became okay, viral. Okay, that's right. it should be right. a YouTube TV production is what it should be. Right, return to the uh, to the ground she she broke. All right. Wow. That was, we went from Sally Ride to Rebecca Rebecca Black. Black. That's amazing. Two inspirational people. All right. I'm going to go right in the middle of those two people, I think. Thank you. Okay. 
what do we love when we usually think of biopics or just a story? Just generics. We love rags to riches stories, right? We love like somebody who overcame all the odds and toppled the world and all this stuff. Eight miles been done. No. <laughs> okay. I think, and I, I would love to see a biopic, not now, it's a little too early, but maybe in 10, 15 years of Tiffany Haddish because she was in the foster system. She yep. didn't have parents to call her own. Right, she goes. I basically knew that I was going to be somebody's baby mama at like 15 years old. I already knew that because that's all I ever saw around wow. me. Okay, and then her, she gets in trouble a couple times, whatever. And her, her parole officer or somebody, social worker, whoever it was, said, "All right, you've got two options. You can go to the Laugh Factory comedy camp, or you can go to uh, it was like juvenile hall. It was some sort of right. you know." And she said, "Well, okay, I'll go to the comedy camp." And you can see her in this interview that I'm talking about. She just breaks down because she goes, I don't think any, they even understand what they did for me. Nobody was telling me I was beautiful. Nobody was telling me I was talented. Nobody was telling me that, I, that they loved me. And these men at this comedy camp did that. And now look where she's at. Now you fast forward. Mm-hmm. Her best days behind her. I, I would Maybe. probably argue she's peaked. Okay. Maybe she's doing great now. No, I mean, like I, she's the voice of major corporations sure. and no, commercials. Right. I'm and not, like, yeah. Certainly not saying hosting that. game shows. She's living yes, pretty she's, well. She, I'm just saying like uh, comedically, uh, comedically sure, she's probably sure, peaked, sure. but, but she's still a, a list person and she has a story and she came yes. from nothing. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, that's worth seeing the story of let's, let's, let's get a, some, a young actress in there and portray her as a, like just, you know, living home to home and just things like that, right? Let's really dial into that and then see her meteoric rise. So Tiffany Haddish is my answer. Okay, yeah, fair. That would be really good. Uh, I, and I think there, there's people that have intersected with her life that yes. uh, would be so interesting to see her cross paths with as For she sure. went up the ladder. Awesome. So not quite Sally Ride. No, no, no. But certainly not Rebecca Black. <sighs> Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Sally Ride. Rebecca Black. Who would you like to see? a biopic made of it is it a musician is it somebody famous historically is it somebody we've never met but you think their story needs to be told let us know in the comments or let us know via all the social media at untitledfilmprojectpod.com is our website thank you for listening to the untitled film project podcast to support the show please rate review follow and subscribe original music by jeremy schwartz Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.